0: Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Today I'm talking to Liz Stanford, the owner of the Calm Burst School. Liz is an impressive woman in business and a friend of mine and she's agreed to talk to us today about how she's made and managed the transition from teaching hypnobirthing to running an international business that promotes empowering calm births around the world. Welcome Liz. Hello, thank
1: you for having me Rosie.
0: There's so much that I could have picked to talk to you about today, because personally, I learn a lot from you, including a lot about hi- hypnobirthing, of course. <laughs> but uh, I thought it would be really valuable for people listening to hear about your journey in business. Um, as I think many of us, uh, me included, can feel a bit stuck in a rut sometimes in our practices, and it can be hard to see how we can do things differently. But since we met, things certainly look really different uh, for you now.
1: Yes, they definitely do. Definitely.
0: So if we start at the beginning then, and sort of talk through your journey a little bit. So how did you first end up in business? So
1: I trained to be a hypnobirthing instructor in 2009, I think it was. Um, And prior to that, I'd sort of worked in various different kind of corporate style roles um and you know I'd done my degree at university and things like that um, and I I did my training and at my training I was told that hypnobirthing is basically something that you do for passion um, it's to help people it's you know, it's because you, you kind of want to pass this message on, and it was because I'd I'd done hypnobirthing um, with my two when I was pregnant with my two children that that encouraged me to um, to train. So I kind of did the training, and I felt disappointed with the idea that oh, like this is not going to be a business, and and I felt like oh, this is I felt guilty as well actually because I had gone into it thinking you know, I'm going to be able to earn money from doing something that I love, something that I believe in. And like that, for me felt like, you know, a complete dream, but I felt like that dream was completely kind of squashed at the training. Um, And I believed that for quite a few years that it wasn't ever going to be something that was going to be life changing for me in that respect. But I carried on teaching people quite regularly. And I found that you know I did set up a, a Facebook page and I I did start sort of networking my local area and I started to find that bit quite easy and quite interesting as well and so I found that the more that I did it the more that the more clients that I got and so that was really my introduction to business. I knew nothing <laughs> like I knew less than nothing it was ridiculous but I soon kind of became very yeah immersed in the kind of world of um of building your business um and it wasn't until I worked with my first um coach that I decided that I was going to pack in the day job so I'd always built hypnobirthing alongside a part-time role um and yeah I decided to sort of stop doing that and just focus completely on my business but I would say that I had got to I'm not sort of endorsing anyone to just go and you know pack in the their job but I'd got to a point where I was earning a decent ish amount of money from hypnobirthing and I realized that the more that I put into it the more that I would be able to um you know the more that I'd be able to earn and I could only put more into it if I was fully focused on it hence jacking in the day job
0: yeah it's really interesting actually so there was a spark in you from the beginning when you did your training of kind of wanting to be an entrepreneur wanting to have a business yeah that was almost beaten out of you
1: (laughs) I know I I was like wow this isn't what I signed up for but there was I have to say there was a lot of fear as well because before I had my train, before I did the training, what I I didn't realize was that I was also, um, on the slippery slope to experiencing depression. Um, and so it was after that training, it was probably a couple of months after the training that, um, I, I did actually sort of hit my, my rock bottom in that respect. And, and so I, I then had to spend, you know, quite a, a long period of time, really, kind of getting myself back on track, and that felt like you know a totally separate journey. But at the same time, it might sound crazy. At the same time as suffering from depression and, and getting myself kind of back on track, I was also teaching hypnobirthing and and, and building um, my business as well. But I was doing it at my pace, and I was doing what felt you know what felt right and what felt good
0: at the time. Mm. And I think for a lot of people listening and for me as well, it doesn't sound crazy <laughs> because actually building something that gives you meaning and that gives you purpose, that would be part of any ideal depression recovery plan. Yeah. Um, and it that sounds like you're Absolutely. Your
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely what it was. And I think I did get so much um, fulfillment from teaching hypnobirthing that, you know, I'd never found that anywhere else before I hadn't kind of realized what my purpose was at all or had a, a purpose um until I started teaching it so I mean I can uh, and looking back actually that's another thing that I was told at my training was that if you're not in the like if you're not in the peak kind of frame of mind yourself like you shouldn't be teaching something like hypnobirthing. Um, But I just felt that I could, I felt like it gave me an escapism. So I wasn't bringing my depression with me when I was teaching hypnobirthing. It was like for those two and a half hours a week, uh, or however often I was teaching, I was able to just um, focus on that one thing that was bringing me joy. Um, And yeah, so I definitely accredit my recovery, in part, to teaching hypnobirthing, but also having known or having learned what I did from training in hypnobirthing and becoming familiar with, um, you know, the more familiar with the mind-body connection and how my brain worked, etc. Et that in itself was helpful. So I could kind of like contextualize what I was feeling and experiencing, and and yeah, rationalize it in in some ways. Um, the more that I immersed myself into hypnobirthing yeah mm. yeah and the okay. the business sort of the business side obviously you have to do the business side in order to get the benefits of, of the actual teaching
0: yes and I think often that can feel like a bit of a tension but it sounds like for you from the beginning that actually felt reasonably comfortable doing the business bit yeah it it, it
1: did actually um I found it quite exciting you know like and still now I still I mean we were talking before we press record on this but you know I, I still sort of I love like listening to podcasts about marketing and about business and strategy like there's always always so much to learn so even now when I'm like what am I now sort of nine years in business I guess then um I'm, I'm still learning. There's just so much to learn and I, I love that. I really do. And passing it on as well.
0: Mm, yeah, no, I, I feel very much the same way. I mean, you can probably tell I consume so much content around business and I'm really hungry for the next coach, the next mentor that can help me to learn the next set of things that I feel like I need to know. Yeah, um, And I think it is really exciting and quite fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Um, thing to do and I can imagine why that would really appeal. Yeah. Um I'm wondering, you said that you had a coach before you took the leap. Yes. How did you know when you needed a coach? Because I know a lot of people are thinking about this in my membership. Mm.
1: That's a really interesting question because so when I think back to it back to that time, I think I'd got to a point where I didn't really know what else to do? Like I I had, I was teaching regularly. I was, you know, experiencing some growth with my um, social media. I, you know, I think I had a, yes, I had a email list at that point as well. And all of that sort of stuff, I'd kind of like learnt myself and and picked up along the way. Um, And I, I guess I, I got just got to a point where I thought, I think there's, another level here I don't know what it is but I need someone to maybe guide me and 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 help me with that um and so that's why I decided to to take the plunge with that and it was seriously it was a mastermind coaching experience and it was after the first online like like it was a zoom call um pretty sure it was a zoom call after that first call i went into work like within the next couple of days and handed my notice in um and so then i came back the next week onto the call and she was like so what's been happening in the next week last week i was like wow i've given up my day job which felt like such a, a big thing at the time but felt so so, I cannot tell you how 100% aligned it felt at the time um my husband was I was really surprised how supportive he was Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I I got off that call with um my coach and the rest of the group and I just said to him I hadn't even mentioned this on the call to 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 the coach or anybody else I got off that call and I said to him I think I need to give up like my, my job and he just sort of looked at me and then I kind of put my case forward and he was just like yeah I think you're right I think you're ready and like since then he's just been a hundred percent behind me in in everything and that's I think you know that that's been having his confidence in me has been really really helpful as well not that I'm saying that you need a man or that you need um, somebody else to have confidence in you but for me you know that did definitely really help.
0: Yeah I think often having that support come from outside helps us to build our own belief in ourselves it's really difficult to do that if you don't have somebody kind of reflecting that for you.
1: Yeah definitely And, and I think if you have the opposite of that if you have somebody who's kind of saying that they you know don't believe in you essentially or that they're too scared for you to to take that leap then that can be really hard really really hard as well so I took the leap and there was definitely it felt like the right thing but there was definitely still some fear there I can remember thinking like um because I've always had to able to provide x amount of money to that to the household i remember him saying to me so you know you do it but this is how much money you need to you know contribute to the household and we can't not we can't ever not have that money so that felt like some pressure but it sure felt like some motivation you know Mm. and i do think that that kind of um that motivation did really drive me forward. And I I delivered my end of the bargain every single month. Um, And yeah, and and continue to do so. He's very pleased
0: about it. (laughs) (laughs) And What I like about that is the acknowledgement that you made that you couldn't do everything, Mm -hmm. that you could not continue to build it alongside your job. Because I think where I meet people who are really struggling, it's it's at that point that exact kind of tension point where the day job is taking away from what the business could become Mm -hmm. um but the fear is is kind of holding people in this place where they think they need to be superwoman doing absolutely everything
1: yeah I think there is there comes a point where you do have to say like what is it that I actually want um what makes me happy and also you have to there has to be a, a degree of realism there as well you know can i make the money that i need to make from doing what i love as well you know and i was i was lucky that i was at the point where i could do that and don't get me wrong i actually really loved my part time job mm. i have such good memories of it and i'm still friends with people that that i worked with like we were close like properly close and it was a big deal for me to hand in my notice and to walk away from that. Um, but it was 100% the right thing because I've just felt like I've been on this kind of upward rise with business and,
0: and um, yeah, since since doing that. So it was definitely the right thing for me. So how did the transition come about then from being a hypnobirthing teacher running your own business in your local area Mm -hmm. to eventually becoming the owner of the calm birth school which is this massive international thing
1: it does sound like quite a leap I know (laughs) um and it is it feels like a little bit of a a bit of a dream sometimes um and and it wasn't actually when I explain it actually wasn't that much of a of a leap um but I'd got to the point with my hypnobirthing, um, my local hypnobirthing business, that that I was running sort of like a couple of groups a month, and I was having private clients and you know regular taster sessions, and um, and I wasn't sure like what you know what I was going to do sort of beyond that. I was happy with that, but I also had this sort of yearning for wanting to keep rising and keep you know seeing what else could I do what else could I do Um, and I became involved with the Calm Birth School which was previously owned by the lovely Susie Ashworth and uh, I initially joined the Calm Birth School as an instructor and Back then, I think I joined and there was like 10 of us or maybe even less than that, actually, it might be about six of us. Um, but we all felt very aligned to the Calm Birth School and to, to Susie at that point. So I joined and I got to know Susie very well. And I obviously had a lot of experience teaching hypnobirthing and Susie was growing another business um, separate to the Calm Birth School, which is really where her passion lay so she approached me and she asked me if I would become the manager for the Canberra school. So, manage the instructors, um, kind of mentor them. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. So, I took on that role. And then, shortly after that, um, Susie and I started discussing training people. So, we were having more people sort of come and join us who are already trained instructors. Uh, but we weren't training anybody, so I talked to her about it, and um, she basically said, "You know, th- I think this is something we should do." And I was like, "Absolutely!" And then she was like, "But you're going to write it. <laughs> you're you're going to do it." I was like, "Oh, right, okay." And that, you know, I hadn't done anything like that before. So I've been teaching hypnobirthing for years. i just sort of in between teaching hypnobirthing and, and joining the Calm Birth School, I'd um done my clinical hypnotherapy. Um I'd also done um some some NLP training, which now I've I've done more of that. So I I had the I guess the the qualifications, the I had the information, I knew what I needed to do. Um, I hadn't quite envisioned myself sort of doing it. But I did. I wrote the training program, um, and I loved doing it. Um, had some support from a from a midwife to design the birth basics as well. And then I taught my first group, which was Where I Met You. Which that was, was neat. Yes, <laughs> so amazing. Um, yeah, that was that oh my gosh it feels like so long ago but in reality what is it two and a half years ago maybe yeah yeah because uh, no, I was pregnant maybe. with
0: my son wasn't I yeah so yeah it must be just under three
1: years definitely. yeah under three years um that felt like a big jump for me from going from teaching hypnobirthing to um training hypnobirthing um but I absolutely I absolutely loved it I I mean I I it was there was three of you on the first course so there was you and there was lovely Shona and there was lovely Anna as well and you know the three of you are are still Conberth school instructors and always got this very sort of like warm place in my heart for all three of you because I was like they were my (laughs) first um so so yeah so since then I think I I did another two training courses, another two trainings, before Susie kind of said to me, um, "Right, yeah, I, I want to sell the Calm Birth School to you." And I was like, "Well, where did that come from?" <laughs> it felt it felt because we talked about becoming partners. Um we talked about me getting more involved in various ways and I, I had been taking more and more responsibility on while she was growing her business more and more. So I guess to her it just felt very much like, yeah, this is the natural thing to do now. Um so so yeah, she's sort of made a proposition to me. Um and so I went from yeah, overnight <laughs> Um, teaching hypnobirthing training hypnobirthing to then owning the calm birth school and that will be I've uh, two years now I think I've been uh, I've been the owner and I would say that it has grown significantly so when I took it over it was mainly an online hypnobirthing course which is known sort of internationally and and then Susie's book is obviously was associated with um which is called the calm birth method book and that was and still is associated with the calm birth school um so it was it was well known in that respect but my passion has become the training so much so um that that's you know what I I do now regularly I think this year I've I mean, I should have worked this out before I came on to do this, but I think I've probably done about six different trainings this year. Um there's wow. lots of de- yeah, there's lots of demand there for people wanting to teach hypnobirthing and there's lots of demand for people wanting to learn hypnobirthing as well. So I feel very in a very um amazing amazing position because I just I just absolutely love it and the the plus side to that as well is that not only do I get to train people how to teach hypnobirthing and so they continue to pass on um, these you know these um this amazing philosophy I guess or tools and techniques this mindset to pregnant women to create these positive births but I also get to use all my kind of marketing business um knowledge to help the instructors to to grow their business so I feel like I'm doing what I started out doing nine years ago but on a Bigger level or on a bigger scale, and yeah, that's very, very exciting to me. It feels, it does sometimes, just still feel like a bit of a dream. Like, am I really doing this? But I am.
0: <laughs> you definitely are. And I think there's, I think that really comes across. That's what makes one of the things that makes the Converse School quite different to some of the other um, training providers is that you do inject a lot of that enthusiasm about the business side of it. It's almost the opposite to what sounds like your training experience, which was a bit like, you should never ask to be paid for this work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just do it for free. Yeah, because from
0: day one, it was very much like, this is going to be a business and you could make this your living if you want to. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to, but you were always very clear that, you know, this needs to work for you as a business. Mm -hmm. And you helped us to think in that way from the beginning. Absolutely.
1: I think that was what was missing for me initially. And, uh, you know, you have to put in such a lot of um, effort into understanding social media and marketing. And, you know, Rosie, you're lucky that you love that side of it. You enjoy that side of it. Not everybody does. And so it becomes much more challenging. And I just wanted to, to make it as easy as possible. So I... Last year, I think it was last year, I wrote a marketing and mindset program specifically for hypnobirthing instructors. So now anytime anyone does my training course to become a hypnobirthing instructor with the Calm Birth School, they also get this online marketing and mindset program, which is basically my brain downloaded into um you know video format so i'm I'm finding that that's really helping the new instructors coming through to grasp um quite early on what it is that they that they need to do but i mean it's that's just the start isn't it because then you just continue to sort of build on that um, and it really helps if you've got a passion for it for sure
0: yeah and I think one of the reasons that I love the Converse school particularly in your your approach to it is that it is all about inclusivity mm-hmm. and if you're going to have a diverse group of instructors then you can't be telling people they shouldn't charge Yes. One way to make sure that your instructor group is not diverse is to say it has to be a hobby. Yeah, not everybody's got the ability to have a hobby. And what I really like about the Converse School instructors group is I think it is a bit more diverse. Mm -hmm. Clearly, we're not the most diverse group in the world. And there's a lot of work um, to be done. Mm -hmm. But you really engage with that. And I think that's an important part of it. Mm-hmm. that if we hide from the business side of things then we're saying we're okay mm-hmm. with being incredibly middle class yes. <laughs> and incredibly privileged yes
1: definitely I' never i yeah I sort of never really thought about it that way but it is really important to me that we are a very inclusive um community um and you know obviously Rosie you were there the the other night when we did um we had our Book club, and we were talking about um, that wonderful book, "Me and White Supremacy," um, by Layla Sard. So that has been very eye-opening, and I think it is really important that um, hypnobirthing instructors or, or any birth workers, um, any psychologists as well, anybody who works in in any kind of sort of therapeutic role, I guess, or or in a coaching role, should be anti-racist should be aware of um of those kinds of issues um so i'm i'm really trying to bring that to the to the forefront at the combat school i mean don't get me wrong i haven't got it nailed but i've been doing a lot of work on myself which is where i believe that it you know it starts um and then i'm wanting to sort of filter that down through to the instructors and and that's starting with compiling you know some anti-racism resources for them all to access but also you know reading reading the book um that I mentioned and doing the journaling that goes with that and then as you and I and some of the other instructors met the other night having those really difficult really difficult challenging conversations Um, but I found that that talking about racism um and white privilege. The more that you do it, the easier it becomes, which sounds obvious. But uh, I found that we need to do that more within the calm birth school. And that's something that I'm going to be working towards as well.
0: Definitely. and You can really sense from you that you've got this real passion for teaching, passing on knowledge for business, for social change as well. Um, Like all of this passion. But I kind of know that with the business, the size of what you've got, there must be a lot of other stuff on your plate too. You always seem, whenever I speak to you, it, you're like fully in what you're doing. So you're fully in training, you're mm-hmm. fully in thinking about how to bring anti-racism into the Converse school. Um, I don't know how you manage that because there must be so many plates spinning around you all the time. Yes. So what are some of the other roles that you've had to take on since becoming the owner of such a big business? Well... <laughs>
1: I think it's, it's interesting that you say that Rosie, because I know that you spin a lot of plates um, <laughs> as well. So I know that you know how to do that. Um, but it, becoming um, a mentor has, is definitely one of the the roles that, that I've taken on. Um, and, and I find myself that not, that I'm not just a mentor for the business or for hypnobirthing, but um, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I am I am available to support my instructors in in whatever they might be facing um, and and I think that that's really important because as a as a woman and and as a as a mother um, I know that we're not just running a business or we're not just parenting there are we're doing so much all the time and you need to know that somebody's got your back or you need to know that you're not the only person doing that so although you might look at what I'm doing and think like you know how does she how does she do all that and I do have instructors saying to me do you ever sleep and things (laughs) like that I've wondered But, but it is you know it is It comes from passion, so I do invest a lot in a lot of time in what I do. It comes from passion, but I, I prioritize my family as well. Like over lockdown, I haven't been able to be as, in even though it might not have seemed like it, I haven't been able to have been invested in my business as much as I wanted to because. My husband has, you know, a full-time paid job uh, where someone else pays him. So we kind of had to prioritise his working hours over mine because I don't answer to anybody. Um, and there are three children that we needed to, you know, have educate and support um, and have fun with. So it did, things have kind of taken more of a backseat than I wanted to because I had lots of plans but again that's the flexibility of doing what I want to do running my own business it means that I can go right well I'm just going to put the brakes on for a little while here Um, and even though the brakes might not seem that they're on you know to the outside world you know they have they have firmly been on over lockdown so now the boys my boys are back in school and my daughter is starting school tomorrow I'm actually looking to the future now and thinking, what can I do in these last few months of this year to kind of bring me back up to what my, you know, to what my goals were. Um, yeah, I think I, I've been very lucky. Lockdown has meant that I can, I, everything I do is pretty much online. So I could do it and fit it around my, what I needed to keep doing. I could fit around my lifestyle. Um but I could put the brakes on the things that, you know, I couldn't do or I couldn't fit in.
0: Yeah, I think it is interesting, isn't it? When you have quite a visible role like you do and like I do, mm-hmm. people often think that you're on all the time. But in a similar way, I Step back completely during lockdown. I was only able to work for about an hour and a half a day. Yeah. Um, when, you know, if my kids got up late, if they didn't, I couldn't work at all. Yeah. Um, and you find the tasks that are possible in that time, and you do those, mm-hmm. and you don't attempt tasks that are not possible.
1: Yes, that is um, true. And I also must say that I, I am a big fan of delegation. <laughs> so we've mentioned this earlier as well. And I think that that's another thing that, like, if I was if I didn't have any support in my business and my business being the size that it is now, like just to give some context, I've got over 90 instructors and an online course, which is available, you know, across the world. So with that in in mind and and over lockdown, you know, I think I've had probably 15 to 20 people training at, at any one sort of time. If I didn't have support in my business, I wouldn't have been able to to continue what I was doing but you know I do have I I have some support with social media and I have some support um some admin support and so that being able to trust those people within my business to support me in that way has um has been amazing it's been a lifeline definitely um and and given me the ability to be to be flexible as well
0: Mm, I think that's so crucial and it can be really difficult to outsource because you've kind of got to put the work in to set up a system that someone else can do yes um which is is definitely a struggle but it sounds like if you want to if you want to go big then it's it's essential really yeah yeah definitely so I think that sort of relates to um one of my final questions for you which is sort of about how on earth with all of this going on how do you take care of yourself with all of that pressure because what prioritization is obviously one part of it but is there anything else that you do to just kind of keep yourself in top four
1: yeah so it's yeah it is very important to me to stay um on top of my well-being so since having experienced depression which also um spiraled i guess <laughs> maybe that's a bit dramatic but spiraled into ocd intrusive thoughts from having experienced that you know and it was just it feel like so many years ago now but that was a kind of lesson to me that i need to take care of my well-being so sometimes it's sort of like a lesson that i need to relearn sometimes which i did during lockdown um i got to a point in lockdown before i went on our holiday which was kind of mid-August I didn't even realize how anxious and sort of on edge I had been feeling until I went away and then all of a sudden it was like oh gosh this isn't okay like I've not been taking care of myself um, properly so I think when you experience something Like that, that's a telltale sign to me. That's a sign to say, you know, Liz, take notice of what's happening here. You need to stay in check. So, when I do recognize things like that, I will step up my self care. But generally, my self care is. Meditation. So I run a meditation group for the Kamba School instructors, and every week we focus on a different theme, and we meditate. Um, we use different meditation um, tracks related to, to to whatever the theme is, and I find that really helpful for accountability. Um, it's also important for me to move my body in some way. So whether that's walking, yoga, Pilates, you know, I find that that is really really helpful um i don't do running i know you do running though (laughs) i do i don't do running um and then if i need to go further than that then i usually will contact um what what i I call her my spiritual healer and um we do we kind of do a bit of talking like coaching and we also will do some eft and um yeah various other sort of therapies which I find really you know really really helpful but it's also about just not pretending that you're superwoman as well and just taking some time out my holiday was a great break um and yeah it's not it was nice to switch off and switching off from social media as well is a big thing as well I try Mm -hmm. to do that once a week
0: yeah, it's so interesting because so much of that relates to what we tell uh, couples in hypnobirthing. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Make sure you switch off your social media. Make time for looking after yourself. Prioritize the mind-body connection and oh, yeah. all of that stuff. Um, yeah, it it it's a consistent thread through. Mm-hmm your sort of business life <laughs>
1: yeah it does it feels like what I found helpful is that because of all the these things that we were, we were talking about like anti-racism you know I, I, that's something that I feel like I'm really interested in and I'm really passionate about and I want to be like part of it um, and then also things like meditation and um, you know taking care of my, my well-being I'm finding that if these things that I love and that I'm interested in, if I integrate them into my business as well, it feels like I'm putting more of me into my business, but I'm also doing things that support me either in a learning capacity or, or in a well being capacity. And that's good for growth for me, for the business and also for the instructors as well.
0: Mm, yeah, I think there's so many you're always coming up with new things for us to think about and to learn um you know whether that's about mindful breastfeeding whether that's about um Meditation, whether oh, there's so many.
1: <laughs> we did a great course, didn't we, um, a few weeks ago, which um, was with the Queer Birth Club. Yes. So again, that's like inclusivity in terms of um, you know working with um, transgender individuals or non-binary individuals as well. So it's it's uh, yeah, there's there's so much to learn always, and so much growth. to to be had for everybody um yeah I love learning and passing it on and just helping everyone to to grow and develop along the way as well
0: so I'm aware I've taken up loads of your time today and I know that you've got school runs excitingly to do. Yeah, it's probably going to
1: rain <laughs> as well, isn't it? Because it always does on a school run. <laughs> yeah,
0: quite probably. Um, which will be nostalgic, weirdly, I'm sure. Um, after so long. <laughs> yeah. um, But uh, before we go, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Because I know that there are people that listen to this who want to train as hypnobirthing teachers.
1: Yeah. So, um, you can find me over on Instagram at the calm birth school. Um, that's kind of, I, Instagram is definitely becoming my kind of platform of choice. I'm also on Facebook as well, which is the calm birth school. We've got a community group, calm birth school community. I've also got a website, which is the Um, and you can contact me through any of those. Uh, areas and I, I'm more than happy always to chat to people who've got an interest in in hypnobirthing um, or have got an interest in yeah growing growing a business. I'm always happy to you know have a conversation and see if I can support or help in any way.
0: Yeah, just to add to that, if there's anybody listening who um, wants to know a bit more about what it's like to be a psychologist and a hypnobirthing teacher, I'm really happy to talk about that. Uh, in fact, a couple of people listening to this have contacted me about it and will know that I can't shut up <laughs> once you get me talking about it. Because um, I really find it integrates so well with, um, with compassion-focused therapy, which yeah. is one of my therapeutic go-tos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it fits really well with most therapy approaches Um, and I'd love to talk to you about it if you want to talk to me Um, so feel (laughs) free to send me a message Um, so thank you so much Liz you've shared so much value um, and lovely to talk to as ever and
1: you Rosie thank you very much for having me
0: planning on launching something new hoping to reach more people and build a business that lets you live your values while avoiding burnout then you need to download my cheat sheet 14 steps to a simple launch. It's a foolproof process to make sure you develop your project with the people you want to help and then get it in front of as many of them as possible. It's totally free and you can find it at psychologist.drrosie.co.uk. I'll put the link in the show notes.